Welcome to The Soul Connection, an exploration of the interconnectivity between our social influencers, physical and emotional well-being, with a spark of spirituality. Please welcome your host, The Soul Doctor, Dr. Christiane Lepertz, known as Dr. K. Welcome to The Soul Connection. We have a very unusual show for you today. We have some special guests, Kathy Chamberlain, and a call-in from, of all places, Pinellas County Detention Center, because today we're going to feature a subject which has gotten a lot of news attention. However, not everyone has received equal attention, and that is the subject of what actually happened on January 6th and what has been the ripple effect. Uh, We're airing from Florida I'm airing from Tampa, Florida right now, and this is the home for Kathy and Jeremy Brown. Kathy Chamberlain, welcome. She is the author of Rules for Deplorables, so we'll get a little insight on her book as we wait for Jeremy Brown out of the Clearwater area, Clearwater Detention Center, to call in, who is now running for Congress and was part of this fallout of this whole January 6th fiasco that has really rocked the country. And there's been a lot of controversy around this. He's been in captivity almost 300 days, which is unheard of. Whether you're left or right-leaning, this is an assault on American freedom and who we stand for. So, Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining And just give us a little bit of your history, how you got involved with this, how your book came about, and uh, just take it away, sister. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Christy, for having me. I love the background. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, from Tampa. And by the way, just a a few clarifications. First, uh, Jeremy is actually being held in maximum security uh, jail in uh, the Pinellas County uh, jail system. But um, and uh, so... Yeah, almost 300 days. Well, I actually met uh, Jeremy in June of last year because at that time I had a podcast. I was doing a lot of writing, uh, speaking all over the state. I've been doing that for the last three, three, four years. And the reason being is because I wrote a book called Rules for Deplorables, A Primer for Fighting Radical Socialism. And everything I wrote in my book is now coming to fruition, unfortunately. But I actually got into writing my book. I was a a licensed building contractor here in the state of Florida. Uh, I started up the nation's first all-female construction company back in 2008. I had the pink pickup truck and had about 19 girls on payroll. So uh, that was quite the time. But I was uh, out in Kissimmee back in 2017 during Hurricane Irma inspecting roofs, which I did for years and years. And... Um, I was 10 feet up. My ladder took a shift to the left. I fell backwards onto a concrete slab where I ended up breaking my back in two places, both my wrists and got a life-threatening DVTs. So God was telling me, change directions, and I did. And as I was laying in the hospital bed recuperating, the idea came to me watching Fox News, which I don't do anymore, um, because uh, uh, right after the election of the stance that they took. But Uh, That being said, so I started remembering uh, because I was seeing how Trump was being treated for the past four years. And I was an independent before Trump ran. And Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day when I grew up uh, pretty much in the D.C. area and then rebelled against my father, who was a very strict conservative military man, uh, I ended up in, in, in California, in Los Angeles, where I got incredibly indoctrinated. Uh, to become pretty much a, a flaming liberal. I was. And I, I I see how easy it is for people to get inside that bubble and not be able to get out. The only thing that started turning me around was Ross Perot, if you remember him back in 92. I do remember him. Uh, so I started thinking, wow, he makes so much sense. And um, actually, uh, Trump started reminding me a lot of him. But that's when I took a shift back to the center and then ended up becoming an independent for 25 years until Trump ran. And here, of course, in Florida, we can't vote in the primary unless we are declared in one party or the other. So 
uh, as a liberal, and there's a, a distinction people need to make between the liberal and, and the left, because there's a lot of good people who are still liberals. And hey, we all want to save the poor. We all want to do what we can yes. to help our fellow man. So that's not unique to the liberal uh, perception. But um, so I, it's re- pretty much required reading that all liberals read uh, Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. Now, yes. if people don't know, he's known as the father of community organizing uh, because, uh, and, and Obama is known as one of the best community organizers ever, while Saul Alinsky just happens to be his hero, as, uh, as he was uh, the hero of Hillary Clinton, who wrote her thesis on the man in college. So his book contains 13 tactics that are all designed for one purpose, and that is to implode our systems, to bring our systems uh, to the point where our country then shifts to a socialistic style of government. Uh, But make no mistake, all socialism ends up in communism. And I think if people really understood what the left is using the liberals to achieve, uh, they'd be horrified because we are certainly right at the cusp of not being able to save this country if, if we don't start getting more serious about this. So as I was laying in the hospital bed, I was wondering why nobody was understanding the Alinsky tactics that were being used against President Trump. And I realized that that's because most conservatives have no idea about them. So I decided to write a book since I couldn't climb ladders anymore, Right, uh, which wasn't easy with two broken wrists. So I kind of had to wait till they healed a little bit. The idea starts rolling around. So I wrote Rules for Deplorables. It has over 400 footnotes, not one of which has been disproven in uh, uh, three years that it's been on the market. And believe me, the left has tried. But uh, it recently reached number 14 on Amazon's top 25. Congratulations. I I know. I was thrilled. Until they censored me. So yes, folks, Amazon censors as well. You can still buy my book on Amazon, but it limits you to only one. Uh, So (laughs) wow. Yeah, that's how they do it. So my sales, of course, plummeted. But since I came out with the book, I started touring and doing speeches around Florida. And I was just at the point of being asked to go outside the state to give speeches around the country when COVID hit. So that kind of put a nix on that. I'm not a big, huge traveler anyway. But um, so that's what I do today. I go around and I speak to people about the 13 tactics and how we can recognize them. And most importantly, how we can use them ourselves in an effort to save this great country of ours while we still have a chance. And in the process of that, I started up a podcast. I started writing for America Out Loud and other uh, organizations And um, I was loving life, truly. I had gotten myself back to a good income range. uh, And then, of course, COVID hit. And then in June of last year, 2021, and folks can find this podcast on my older podcast at rumble.com slash the deplorable author. Uh, So on June 23rd, I believe it was, I interviewed Jeremy Brown. And I was introduced to him by a Uh, a mutual special forces friend who um, said, hey, do you want to meet a a guy who has become a whistleblower against the FBI and and interview him? And what would you say? Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, The curiosity alone, I, I would say, would drive you to do that. Absolutely. So so what eventually happened, um, I I never really met him in person. Uh, but on my podcast, it was fascinating. I was just fascinated with his story. He's such a patriot. He's a 20-year retired Green Beret, uh, twice awarded the Bronze Star, four times deployed to war zones for us folks. And he uh, was approached by the FBI back in December 2020. Right after the elections, he got very disillusioned by what he felt was was uh, fraud in our elections. And we shared that Um, that opinion. And but he was approached by the FBI and they subsequently tried to recruit him to become a spy, basically, against the American people, tried to talk him into infiltrating groups like Oath Keepers and what have you. And he said, can I record this? 
And they said, do what you have to do. And that's all on tape. So he not only spoke with them and declined their offer. He has the entire conversation on tape. So to skip forward to January 6th, he went there. And by the way, so did I. I still did not know Jeremy Brown. Um, Neither of us went into the Capitol, uh, but he was there as a uh, as a speaker for uh, some of the or excuse me, as a, a security detail for some of the speakers there and did nothing there that um, uh, should have really garnered the FBI's attention. In fact, they even called him there. Hey, are you there on January 6th uh, at the Capitol? And he said, yeah, I am. So skip forward now to March 2nd, when when Christopher Wray, our FBI director, got in front of Congress um, and decided that he would tell the American people that there were no infiltrators in the FBI, they don't use infiltrators is basically what he was saying and uh, specifically regarding January 6th. And Jeremy Brown could not stay quiet any longer. So he went on every podcast he could find from that moment on, uh, including mine. And some of his podcasts went absolutely viral. He's reached now millions and millions of views. And so He went throughout the summer speaking everywhere he could. And then on September 30th, the FBI surrounded his home along with about four different agencies, including JTTF, the U.S. Marshal, uh, the Tampa police, the Tampa Sheriff's Office, uh, arrested him, took all of his guns, all of his ammo, all of his electronics, based on, by the way, because he had charges levied against him at that moment, uh, two misdemeanor trespassing on capital <laughs> grounds, if you can imagine that. So what they do, folks, is they get you on these very simple sounding innocuous uh, charges. And then lo and behold, they will find something, as did Stalin's chief of police. Find me the man. I'll show you the crime. This is what's going on with our FBI. Wow. It's absolutely despicable. I've been to every single hearing he's had in in Tampa, and I can tell you and your audience that we have lost our rule of law. Wow. Wow. That is, that's just amazing. Um, Two misdemeanors and we're looking at 300 days of captivity and he didn't go in the Capitol. He was just on on the grounds. As a matter of fact, not only did he not go in the Capitol, he uh, there's a a video out there uh, of him saving uh, a woman's life. They call it an elderly woman, but I think she was just slightly older than me. So I'm not going there, (laughs) but no, she well, she was she was probably about 70, uh, 75, maybe. And she was being uh, trampled by the police. And wow. you can see him just lightly pushing the police back. Hold on. There's a woman down here. And he lifts her up and and um, marches her to safety, basically. So this is a really good guy, a true American hero uh, since the search in his home which um, we are quite certain that a lot of things were planted there in order to pile on charges. He now has nine felonies against him and is facing the possibility of up to 45 years in prison. Wow. It's incredible. It's incredible. And so yeah. still waits so, to even get in front of a court. That's correct. He has not even been interviewed by one single FBI agent. And this would be, yeah, this is Jeremy. So if you hold on while I answer his call for yes, us. Yes, ma'am. I'm hoping you're going to be able to hear everything. You are receiving a call from the Pinellas County Jail that is subject to monitoring and recording. If you are an attorney and do not wish to have your communications recorded, please disconnect from this call and visit the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office website for further instruction. To accept these terms and complete this call, press 1 after the tone. Can you hear this okay, by the way? I can hear you. Okay. Thank you for using Global Telling. Good morning, Jeremy. You're on air here with Christy. Well, this is phenomenal. Uh Thank you so much for giving us a call here. I want to, first of all, thank you for serving your country. And 
being a, um, a man of integrity and all that you stand for. And I am so sorry this is happening to you. It, it is really disheartening. I actually was one of the people that showed up to learn about your case over at the um, rally, Pinellas County jail rally you called outside. And I, I listened to you and I was there with Senator Anthony Sabatini, the candidate Brian Pereiras that was running. And actually, uh, Sidney Powell had delivered a message to me for them to read. It was a personalized message. It wasn't in a legal capacity, but basically reiterating that it really is amazing that anybody, anybody can be held. At that point, it was much less time than it is now, what, three, almost 300 right. days in America. Yeah, two, 299 is today. 299, okay. So I would like you to just share, I know we have limited time because you're calling in from the detention center, uh, your journey as much as you can and what's happened to you, and then also your decision to run for Congress. So welcome. Okay, well, thank you, Chrissy. And Thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to you and to your listeners or your viewers. And uh, you know, I just want to say it's been kind of a depressing week. And so these interviews are actually um, therapeutic for me because I'm able to you know, focus my thoughts on, on winning rather than feeling sorry for myself. And I, I appreciate your kind words, but the reality is that we shouldn't be sorry for me. We should be sorry for our nation. And the reality is that you're, we're all going to be sorry for ourselves if we don't do something uh, to turn the tide of this tyranny, because that's exactly what we're seeing. And, uh, you know, I have a copy of, of this Powell's book. I'm reading through it right now, License to Lie. And, you know, that was back in the day, and that's what they were doing. So this isn't something new. It's not something that just came about during the Biden administration. This is something that has been building and and being instituted over the course of well over a hundred years. And we've been warned by multiple presidents. We've been warned by, warned by multiple uh, members of, of the bureaucracy that have come out over the decades uh, and told us what was happening. And because we live our lives in ignorant bliss and we succumb to the, the major weapons of uh, deception, distraction, and division, um, it's, it's now festering to the point where they can't even hide it anymore. It's so out in the open. And, and the reality is that evil loves to brag. I mean, that's the reason why in, in bad guy movies, the bad guy always monologues right before he tries to kill the good guy. Uh, and that's what we're living in today. We're living in an in, in open admission of corruption, uh, illegality, uh, the use of the, the tentacles of government against its own people. And, uh, and, I, and I'm just one microcosm of that. The, the only difference is that I've made the decision um, to not allow their weapons to work against me. So, you know, when I was 18 years old, I swore an oath to the United States Constitution, and, and it doesn't expire. Uh, and, you know, like Lieutenant Dan in the movie Forrest Gump, you know, I never expected to live this long uh, in service of my nation. So I've really got nothing left to lose in my eyes. Mm, wow. Well, it, it sounds like you're, you're moving the battle along because you're bringing awareness to what is really going on just by simply being in the position you're in, unfortunately. Well, yeah, and that's, that's exactly the way I, I see my situation. Uh, you know, I, we, we use the term political prisoner of war because that is what we are in a war against America. And that war is being waged on multiple fronts by multiple enemies. And to try to narrow it down to one bad guy is the exercise in futility. The reality is that there is a desire uh, for mass control uh, by whoever. What we first need to do is just identify the problem so that we can so that we can resist it. And so, you know, I'm trying to use my situation. I mean, if, if you've been following my case at all, you will see that that I am not accepting unconstitutional conditions. I mean, I could have been released if I would have just bowed the knee and, and kissed the ring. But what I'm trying to use my situation to do is to wake the American people up as to how corrupt it is. For example, I've utilized uh, two public defenders for six months, knowing that they weren't doing anything 
to expose that they're not doing anything, right? I mean, you cannot, it's, it's one thing to tell the American people about a problem. It's another to show them and to say, I'm going to go through this so you can see how bad they are. I mean, when I make statements, uh, if you read the transcripts of some of my bond hearings, and I make statements that I will not follow any unconstitutional conditions of release, the, the, the government's denial of my bond based on that statement is an admission that their conditions are unconstitutional. I mean, it, and this is exactly, it's like getting them on the record as saying, oh, well, if he's not going to accept unconstitutional conditions, then I guess we'll just keep him locked away. And, and this is really, you know, as Russell Limbaugh used to say, illustrating absurdity with absurdity, right? And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I heard one of the, uh, the talk shows uh, the other day say that uh, in an insane world uh, filled with insane people, the sane person seems insane. And, and that's really the time that we're living in today. And Americans uh, need to break through their analysis paralysis, right? Everyone is seeing it. I mean, it's... It's literally out in the open, and like I said, it's almost intentional that they're rubbing our noses in it, and we need to start figuring out, now that we've identified these problems, we need to start figuring out actual hard solutions, and uh, and until the American people do that, I will be here in jail continuing to demonstrate the expense that the government is willing to go to to keep people like me at bay and quiet. Wow. Well, well, they there must be something about you that is threatening to to keep you in the place that you're at. Uh, my guess is is that you are a very well versed man who understands a deep level of what's really going on. Just from what you said, many people would have just bowed, as you so call it, just to get out of there and move on with their life and close a quote terrible chapter. But instead, you've turned your forehead like flint to it and said, no, I will not bow. Well, I mean, Christy, it, you know, people ask me, they say, well, why, why is it that you're so well-versed in the Constitution, of which I do not believe that I am? You know, this is somebody else saying this. But, and, I, and I say to them, I say, well, because I risk my life for this document. I mean, who would not understand so, you know, they say in investing that you should never invest money in something that you don't understand. Well, you should never put your life on the line for something that you that you don't understand. And so I have made it my duty and, and my, my purpose in life to understand what I'm putting my life on the line for. And I have buried more friends and, and, and fellow soldiers than I can count on both hands for this very document, for the very oath that they also swore and actually paid the ultimate sacrifice for. And so, of course, I know what the Constitution says. And see, this is the problem, is that they capitalize on our own ignorance Mm. to enslave us. And so, if you haven't read the Constitution, then you're not going to understand the arguments that I'm making. For example, that the First Amendment says that Free speech shall not be abridged. Well, the definition of abridged is condensed or shortened. And so this argument that public surveillance of citizens, um, because they're operating and speaking in the public space, that somehow allows the government to surveil them because they're putting words out in the public. Well, what that is is a form of intimidation. I mean, if you went outside of your house every single day and saw a black suburban parked in your in front of your neighbor's house knowing that they were watching you that's totally legal by the concept that uh what happens in the public space is allowable by the government but in reality that is intimidation and so you're going to shorten and condense your speech based on the actions of the government which is a direct violation of the first amendment but see to a generation of law students that are now lawyers and judges they have not been taught the Constitution. They have been taught that, oh, the law is actually what the last judge says. Mm. Well, that mm-hmm. concept is a direct contradiction of section, Article 1, Section 1, which says all legislative powers uh, reside with the Congress. And legislative powers are the ability to, to pass law, right? So the concept that a judge can rule, and that is what we call case law, 
is a violation of Article One, Section One of the Constitution. A judge's job is to be the referee on the field. He calls pass interference when he sees it, and he waves off pass interference when he doesn't see it. He doesn't get to change the definition of what pass interference is. And yet we have generations of lawyers and judges that have been taught this concept of case law, which is what has allowed us to have, uh, you know, uh, the Dred Scott case, which has allowed us to have 50 years of Roe v. Wade, where they claim that the concept of abortion is instilled and is a right guaranteed by the Constitution. I'll give a million dollars to anybody that can find the word abortion anywhere in the Constitution, but I will take a million dollars for every time I can point out that the Constitution protects life. But see, this is the world that we live in. This is the Matthew 24 definition of a time of deception, where Mm -hmm. everything that we know and everything that we're taught is a lie. And if we don't seek out the truth, we're never going to find it because the lies are delivered to you like Uber Eats. They come straight to you. If you don't move, you'll get a pile of lies right in your lap. But you Mm -hmm. have to actually go out and look for the truth because, see, evil is hiding the truth. And so I see my mission as enduring what they are trying to do to me to expose the extent of their lies because I am not going to win this fight. I am simply a tool that should be used by the American people to regain the authority that lies in them because the document starts with we the people. The Declaration of Defendants says that government only has its power through our consent. Mm-hmm. And until we wake up to that fact and until we reunite with each other and hold these bureaucrats and these lying politicians that seek only power, we're never going to we're never going to win our nation back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I am in agreement. Um, there's a couple things that came to my mind as you were speaking. Uh, I do want you to give a little bit of your history because uh, I thank you for your service for the country. But I don't understand. I don't think the the listening public understands what your service exactly is. So if if you wouldn't mind uh, giving a little bit of your patriotic history here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I enlisted in the Army at age 18. I went straight into the 75th Ranger Regiment where I served with 1st Ranger Battalion for three years. And then after that, I became a U.S. Army Special Forces Green Beret where I spent the entire uh, year. remainder of my entire military career as a Green Beret retiring at the rank of Master Sergeant, having led uh, some of the most elite men on the face of the earth into combat. Uh, I've held a top secret clearance for this government. I've worked uh, at at levels on on projects that that nobody has ever heard of and probably never will hear of. And I retired in 2012, and I, I wanted nothing to do with the life of monopolized violence uh, which is really, I mean, that's what we ask our, mil- well, that's what we used to ask our military to do, which is to go into countries uh, and kill people and break things. Now, uh, apparently, the military is nothing but a social experiment um, that we conduct all the, the future projects that are meant for the American people on, on our service members. So um, I retired in 2012. I, I, I started my own business. I'm, I'm the father of, of five daughters, which uh, through a corrupt family law system have been taken from me based on just complete nonsense. In fact, in every single uh, family law hearing I've ever been in, the fact that I was a Green Beret has been used against me. So, um, you know, it's kind of a, uh, you know, a, a, a backhand to the face that, you know, hey, thank you for your service, but because you're such a, a lethal force uh, and have so many capabilities uh, at your disposal, we now are going to look at you as, a, as an enemy of the state. And it's completely absurd. Um, but that's my background. In, in mm-hmm. 2020, I ran for U.S. Congress because what I'm saying today is exactly the same thing that I was saying in 2019 because this has been going on for an extremely long time. It is admitted by almost every single element that is taking part in it, to include the Chinese government, to include the World Economic Forum and the UN. Their goal is to rob America of its sovereignty because America is a thorn in the side of global dominance. I mean, even the idea that there's a they want to pass a global tax. Well, 
you have people that say, oh, it's a conspiracy theory to global government. Well, okay, well, if you're going to have a global tax, so who's going to spend that tax? Wouldn't that have to be a global government? Mm-hmm. And so you see the United Nations partnering with the World Economic Forum, basically, in essence, forming a legislative branch and an executive branch of this global government. But see, don't worry, because the media, which never lies to us, tells us that what we see with our lying eyes is just a conspiracy theory. But you know who else is a conspiracy theory? Every pro- every every prosecutor that has ever prosecuted a crime uh, under our judicial system is a conspiracy theorist because they sense a conspiracy of a crime and they exercise theories during the investigation in order to arrive at charges. So don't be fooled by the people telling you that, yes, we know that the textbook definition of a recession is about to be met, but yet Janet Yellen goes in front of everybody and says, no, no, we're not in a recession. It's completely absurd. Mm-hmm. They are relying on our distraction and our own ignorance mm-hmm. to move forward with their agenda, and we've got to stop them. And erasing history. Um, what A couple of things came to mind. Paul Harvey actually did a, a really great narration about the if people. I was the devil. Yeah. And uh, about the 1776 Declaration of Independence and what actually happened to most of the signers, because these were men of means and wealth that all came together and they pledged their fortunes. They pledged their reputations. And most of them were shot, were were hunted down. Uh, Some of them were returned to England to hang. You know, they put it all on the line for the future of this country. We don't often realize that these men were men of of reputation. Some of them were men of leisure at that point in time in their life, and they pledged it all for our independence. And and it cost most of them everything, their life, their health, their families, their children, their lineage, everything. And well, that's. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. And, you know, it, it is phenomenal to look that up and listen to Paul Harvey as he goes through this. And it, it's a very old recording, but I stumbled upon it last night um, as I'm doing some some history on foundational research on America for a movie project. So that I just wanted to bring out to the listeners and to, to share with you that Freedom costs something. And right now you're really paying a toll for a lot of people to wake them up. And I, and I see that very clearly. And that's why I wanted to have you on today um, because this does go out to about 48 different countries. And so people can hear that Americans, there are people that are willing that have spent their life serving this country that are willing to put it all on the line. Once again, just like a, a, a new declaration of independence that you're putting it all in the line. And well, well, no, you're absolutely right. And it's, 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 it's as if God has blessed you with the perfect segue, because what I, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is I'm reading the uh, biography of John Adams right now by David McCullough. And so I, just, let me just read to you real quickly a couple of things. Uh, the first one is John Adams actually actual writings about the preservation of liberty. And so, um, so this is John Adams own work. The preservation of liberty depends on the intellectual and moral character of the people. As long as knowledge and virtue are diffused generally among the body of a nation, it is impossible that they should be enslaved. Ambition is one of the more ungovernable passions of the human heart. The love of power is insatiable and uncontrollable. There is a danger from all men. The only maxim of a free government ought to be to trust no man living with power to endanger the public liberty. Now, keep in mind that John Adams later became the president of the United States, and he himself imprisoned political opponents for their speech. And so he literally lived to be a testament to his own words. And if you're wondering if the times we're living in now are a, a repeat or a rhyme of history. These were his words during the period before. In the summer of 1774, he wrote, I wander alone and ponder. I muse, I mope, 
I ruminate. He wrote in the seclusion of his diary that we have not men fit for the times. We are deficient in genius, education, and travel in everything. I feel unutterable anxiety. Mm. And I could have written that from my jail cell here today. And so what you're witnessing in America now is basically the, the conditions. And somebody uh, brought this up the other day. The Boston Massacre, which was on March 5th, 1770. Actually, March 5th is the same day that I released my recording of the FBI trying to recruit me to be part of January 6th. But the Boston Massacre, only five Americans died. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oddly, the exact same number of Americans that died as a result of January 6th, of which none were law enforcement. So we are living in times that are nearly mirrored, you know, from Lexington and Concord, where the British moved on the colonists' arsenals to seize their weapons because they knew what was coming, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To our government today trying to ban semi-automatic weapons. See, they changed the language right before they tried to do something because just like in George Orwell's 1984, if you control the language, you control the minds of the people that are using the language. It's just like with uh, all the best women today are men, just like in 1984, two plus two equals five. They are basically trying to make us all insane with their double speak and their gaslighting And we should recognize this as not just incompetence and, oh, well, they're morons. We should look at this as a well-thought-out plan and strategy. Because, see, in their personal writings, if we took the time to put our phone down and actually read read a book, we would read in their own words what their plans are whether it's the control of the food supply, whether it's uh, whatever any of their diabolical plans are, we would be able to see for ourselves to see division, deception, and deception. You have one minute remaining. These are the weapons that are being used against us, and we've got to stand up and stop it now, or it's going to be too late. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you for sharing that with us, because it is almost a repeat in history and people do have to understand that this is a new battle that we're, we, we have to care about. And at the beginning of this, Kathy and I were talking about rules for radicals, which is a Sal, Saul Olawinski document. And on page four of that document, we're about to get cut off Christy. So all right. I well, to, I want to God, thank you. Thank you for, I want to thank you for the opportunity. And my story is covered in an article I wrote called Don't Do Nothing. Your listeners can read that and they'll get the entire story of why I'm in here. Okay, don't do nothing, right? That's correct. Because the only thing thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do. Thank you for using Global Telling. All right, we'll finish this up with Kathy. Just one moment here. Kathy, you want to hop back on? You can turn your mute off. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Welcome back. Um, so what I was going to share with him um, on this, we talked about Salowinski and on page four of the rules for radical, he actually dedicates his composition to the kingdom of darkness into the ultimate rebellion. Satan. Yep, absolutely. Of Satan. And they, and specifically names it. And so for those people who want to believe that this, this ideology, oh, it's not that bad. Because, you know, they get caught up in the outer man condition. They want the first woman president. They want the first, you know, minority president. They want, they want these outer men thing, but they're not looking at the inner heart of what these people are standing for mm-hmm. when it has been outright put out to the public. No different than Klaus Schwab putting COVID-19 in the Great Reset out, where he literally outlines the entire pandemic the entire plot behind it, everything is there. You just have to pick it up and read it. Mm-hmm. And it's not a conspiracy. But yet, if anybody talks about what they've actually written, they become a conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I've been called a, consp- a right-wing conspiracy theorist here in our own local paper in the Tampa Bay Times. So it is very unnerving. But the, the most disappointing thing 
is that they get away with it because, as Jeremy said, good men do nothing. You know, uh, in my speeches around Florida, I asked two questions. How many people are highly upset over the January 6th situation and the com- and the unselect committee that's going on um, spewing all these lies and giving one side of the story as Proverbs 18, 17 says, which I learned from Jeremy. He's taught me so much. And that is that uh, there's always a good story until you hear the other side. Um, so, you know, this is something that people, when I, when I ask them in my speeches, well, how many people... Jane have you know are upset over that? How many people are upset over the election fraud of 2020? And 100 percent of the audience raises their hand. And my next question follows up with, "How many of you have done something in the past two weeks?" And I would say maybe at most, if it's a good crowd, let five percent of the people keep their hands up, and mm. that's our problem, folks. People don't know what to do. In many cases. There's plenty to do. There's no excuse. I'm sorry. I can't I can't use that as an excuse. Honest. Honestly, you know, people do know what to do, but it's more important for them to go to work, to watch TV, to you know, watch Netflix, uh, to go to Disneyland or Disney World. That's what's more important to people today. And they have no idea this is creeping up so fast. These folks have been at this for decades. As Saul Alinsky wrote his book, there was a, a, a very leftist couple, uh, Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven, otherwise known as Cloward Piven. Um, they were professors at a university in Columbia University, and they they built strategies on how to take our country down. And they worked, I say in my book, even they built the blueprint for imploding our very systems that make us such a great country, while Saul Alinsky gave us the 13 tactics uh, by way of achieving those goals. So I believe they worked hand in hand starting back in the 60s. And they've been, like you said, they and Jeremy says, they are telling us what they're going to do. But it has been refreshing to see parents stand up against CRT and against this bogus um, uh, educational system that's indoctrinating our children, which my sixth chapter is stupid is as stupid does. And it gets into the complete taking over of our education system by the NEA. If you go and look at the uh, National Education um, Association's website today, you'll see references to Saul Alinsky and his book, believe it or not. So we're, we're so infiltrated because of inaction. Yeah. And be, you know, many people that support something support a vision of something, not what is really happening behind the scenes. And, you know, it's almost like it's branding. They support a brand of something, an ideology of something that they think is, but not isn't really so. And the, the wonder is, how do you motivate them to pick up the books and read in their own words? what they really stand for. There's only one thing I'm afraid to say. I hate even to say this. And you can tell from listening to Jeremy Brown why I'm so motivated behind his cause, because this man is truly a patriot and one of the finest our country has to offer. And yet uh, I've approached so many politicians that claim to be veterans, best friends, uh, I could name a few on here, but I won't unless you specifically ask me to because I'm infuriated with them. Mm-hmm. It's like they tell me to my face, I'm going to do something, I'm going to follow up. And six months later, nothing uh, is still being done. So it really takes the American people to start writing letters. Uh, that is one thing that will wake politicians up. But I'm really afraid after uh, three years of, of screaming this message out to people that the only thing that's going to wake us up is once we reach the stage that Venezuela is in. And in fact, my second chapter, Viva la Revolucion, takes the American reader through what happened starting in 1998 when Hugo Chavez was elected fairly at that time based on offering all free stuff. And now they don't even have hospitals that are open with electricity going on. They were once 
the richest country in Latin America, now the poorest. We're at about their 2004, uh, after Hugo Chavez had a, a run at it, like our uh, Obama did, uh, and started tearing all the gas uh, down. He made the promise when he was running originally that he was going to get rid of all gasoline and go to to complete clean energy. And the reporter even asked him, well, you can't do that 100%. You know, how will people survive? And he said, I'm doing it 100%. And he did. And so when the second, when the 2004 election came out, that was decided by Dominion Machines, by the way, Mm -hmm. that began the rapid decline in their country. And Christy, we're there. We're there. I'm so frightened for 2022 for DeSantis. Uh, because and people say to me all the time prior to 2020, they'd say, what are you worried about? Trump has this, right? That's what people were saying in 2020. Now, what am I hearing? What are you worried about? DeSantis has this. No, folks, they got people say, well, they they got caught, so they're not going to do it again. What did they get caught doing exactly? What did they get punished? What has changed? Not a whole lot. Yeah, well, that is a, a good word and good warning. And the American public, we do need to start making a lot of noise just for free and fairness to honor the the, the blood that has been spilt by the people who have fought yes. for those liberties and let the public decide what way we're going to go free and fairly and Ooh. stop tearing down our history so that people don't know what who we are as a people because our country then suffers an identity crisis. Who are we? Because if you don't know your past, it's very hard to see a vision for the future. Um, Because we do have a noble past. People should be aware of that. Does that mean we've done everything right as a people? No, no, it doesn't. But does it mean that we were founded as a good country on good principles? I do believe we were. And I'll, I'll hold that at my core as Probably every service person does. Um, you had stated that Jeremy had simply gotten two misdemeanor charges by being on the Capitol grounds, but he was not inside the Capitol. He got a trespassing. He was not on Capitol grounds, but that did not mean he was in the Capitol. Correct? That's, that's right. Where, that's where everything stemmed from with these two misdemeanor charges from there they have used that to keep bringing things against this man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's now gotten to such a ridiculous point. Um, We don't really know what's going to happen, but we need everybody who cares about this issue. Cause as far as I'm concerned, the January 6th whole narrative is going to cost us our constitution. That's why Jeremy is fighting so hard. He needs people to write to their Congressmen, bring awareness to his case I believe he's the tip of the spear. I believe that whatever happens in his case, whether it ends up someday in the Supreme Court, we need to make our politicians aware and hold them accountable to stand up for Jeremy. Because, you know, this is a going to come back and bite every one of the politicians. They're going to start um, arresting our own politicians. Of course, we know this narrative is to bring Trump down and make sure that he can't run ever in the future. So that's the reason that uh, Jeremy has decided to run for Florida representatives, by the way, not Congress, but but he is running for the Florida House seat, District 62. Um, And so, and the reason being is that he wants people to bring, to expose this entire thing and to force politicians to have to stand up. And by the way, I wanna take a second to thank Brian Paris for uh, putting us together. I love Brian. He has he has stepped up and, and he's a candidate for District 12 in Florida. Uh, and and he and he reached out to me back in uh, November because I've also been a leader here in our uh, Tampa Bay area for election integrity for the past year. I've had a canvassing group of 80 volunteers. So there are things that can be done. Uh, checking out the voter rolls. And we have proven quite a bit that we've handed over to the governor as well as our legislators. And you can join defendourunion.org because we certainly are moving on with our movement. And that's one way people can help. Uh, But Jeremy, we're here to talk about him. And Brian, thank you 
for um, for introducing me and Christy. But Brian stepped up as a candidate to try to help me with our grassroots organization on election integrity. So you got to make sure that your candidates are doing the right thing and that they're standing up now because I've invited many of them to our rallies. They decline. They don't answer me back because they don't want to go on record. Brian's been at the rallies many times. Um, But if they're too afraid to even talk about these issues, because January 6th is going to cost us our Constitution and the election fraud will cost us our country. When, When people complain about gas and immigration and inflation, think about it, folks. If these two issues don't get addressed, nothing else is going to matter. Yes. So I I want to encourage them to take action on those issues. Absolutely. So um, one more time, tell people how they can get involved, how they can uh, support Jeremy if they would like to. And we're going to end with that. And I'm going to say that you and Jeremy and this whole thing will be in my prayers because this man has literally sacrificed almost a year of his life for against things that um, he he is innocent of. And I do believe that with my heart. So yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Christy, for having us and giving us an opportunity to share this. And and people, we need your help. If you want to help Jeremy with his legal defense, you know, it's quite interesting whenever um, somebody on the left gets arrested, they have $500,000 in their give, send, go, or, or where, go fund me. Within a month, Jeremy... His attorney has cost $160,000. Our patriots, our warriors, our veterans don't have that kind of money. So this absolutely bankrupts. And and the FBI and the DOJ know this. You can help Jeremy with his legal defense by going to jeremybrowndefense.com. You can help us with our campaign, and Jeremy is using this campaign not just to win it, and this is a deep blue uh, district that we've got, but you know what? We just crunched all the numbers, and we can win this, And but he's using it to win and also to warn the America people, so help us there to get the word out more about Jeremy's situation, too. You can do that at brown for the number 4 floridacom And if you want to get involved with a grassroots movement to uh, help us get through these coming elections by being a poll worker, uh, there's all sorts of things that you can volunteer to do. You want to go to defendourunion.org. Wonderful. Thank you so much for those great resources. And we will connect again soon. Uh, Keep us posted if anything changes. And you are welcome to come back. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy. And and remind your audience what Jeremy says. Don't do nothing, please, folks. We are getting perilously close to losing everything. Thank you, Christy. All right. Thank you. Yes. Blessings. Blessings to you. Thank you again for tuning in to The Soul Connection. We can be found at soulconnectionusa.com with our developing community. Please join us again every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, find new ways this week and every week to make your own soul connections.